You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com. God is good, amen? He's a good God, amen? Come on, church, everybody said amen? All right, very good. Um, well, hey, real quick, as that uh, announcement said, we are going to be in three cities. This summer, we're expecting over 10,000 students uh, between Kalamazoo, Michigan in June, right here at New Life in July, and then we'll be at, with Church of the Highlands in Birmingham in August. And some of you are friends uh, with other local churches. Maybe you have family and you would love to send a teen or 20-something to that event. And we're going to have, at the conclusion of this service, we're going to have free packets for you uh, when you walk out. And so if you want to mail that and get the word out, we would love that. And uh, so those will be available to you. Turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, or you can look at the screens above you. Philippians chapter 3, last night. As I went to do bedtime prayers with my three-year-old son, Dawson, I did my normal prayer for him, and I asked if he'd like to pray for me because I was teaching this morning. And he said, sure, Dad. Dear Jesus, I pray that when Daddy talks tomorrow, he'll say no bad words to the church. Amen. <laughs> so the bar is extremely high this morning, everybody. And uh, we'll see if we can make that prayer come true. All right. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are and what you did and what you're doing today and the way that you're wooing each one of us even now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come in this moment and that you would cause each one of us to have this conviction that was in Paul, that it would grow in us. God, we want to be resolute in our determination to know Christ. We want this to be a part of our testimony. We want this to be a part of our daily life. We love you, Jesus. Amen. It's interesting because Paul speaking here, he's sitting in a Roman prison. And this phrase that leaps out at me is this phrase, I want to know Christ, because it's in the present tense. And so when you think about Paul's journey, I mean, Paul back in Acts chapter 9, you're familiar with the story. He's Saul going to persecute other Christians. He's on his way to Damascus. And literally, Jesus appears to him. Acts 26, he's telling the story, and he says that Jesus appeared to him brighter than the sun. And so here he is, he's on the way to go persecute Christians. Jesus appears to him. He says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who is, who are you? I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Paul goes, hey, I'm yours. I'll follow you. And Paul begins a journey in God. And now he's in this prison. He's, he's writing and years have gone by. He's been establishing the church. I mean, all over. He actually helped plant this church in Philippi. He's been the one that's helped kind of get it going and 
He's already written the book of Romans. He's already written the Corinthians. I mean, he's got a serious history in God. We're not talking about a new believer when he writes this. We're talking about a seasoned guy, knows God. I mean, he's already been tortured for Christ. And yet he makes this phrase that feels so strong to me. It's so dynamic. Because he says, well, out of all the things that I've been and all the things I've done, I consider them lost compared to one thing. Compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. And then verse 10, he says, and I think it's almost like a highlighted, dramatic, epic. And I'll tell you what I'm about. I want to know Christ. This is who I am. And I don't just want to live off of what took place back in Acts 9. I mean, it was a big day. I mean, I saw Jesus. It was cool, brighter than the sun, big moment. I've already been planting churches. Hey, I think they're going to, you know, maybe even put some of the things I'm talking about in the canon one day. I mean, I'm a good writer. I got some good stuff. Instead, there's a present tense reality where he says, let me tell you what burns in my heart. Let me tell you what, here I am in prison What's in my heart in this hour, in this moment, present tense, not I have known Christ, not I will know Christ, is this, I want to know Christ. And the idea is I want it now, in this moment, today, I want to know Jesus. And I think in some of our own journey, we all know, whether you came to Jesus last week at the rock or maybe you've been a follower for 50 years. All of us know that knowing God, you know, knowing Christ, it's often a mission statement that we've seen on the wall. It's written on the letterhead, I want to know Christ, or knowing God and making him known, or, you know, all those kinds of ideas, and we kind of know that philosophically, but the question that I want to ask this morning is, does that resolution live in your heart today? Does it affect the way that you spend your time, your dollars, relationships? How does it affect us in this moment, in the next 24 hours, in the next seven days, in the next month? Does that burn in here? Is it right here? I want to know Jesus in the present tense. Me, not, not somebody else. I mean, no one else can get to know God for you. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about your preacher. I'm not talking about John Egan up here leading worship. I'm not talking about your small group leader. I'm not talking about a good book reading C.S. Lewis. I'm talking about you in your own heart just you and God, when it's just you and Jesus, and there you are, you turn off the Desperation Band CD, you close the book, and it's just you and God sitting in the car, quiet, you and Jesus. What kind of reality in that moment? What kind of relationship? I want to know Christ now. In the present tense. I think, you know, I've been working with college students for the last eight years here at New Life, and My wife and I love it. And one of the things that we're so committed to is connecting young people to their purpose. But you know, it's very easy to come into the kingdom, to become a Christ follower and get connected with the idea that I'm supposed to do something for God. That's a very easy concept to catch. And it's actually very prevalent. In fact, most of the time when you talk to someone and you say, okay, tell me what's your life mission? What do you want to do? What do you want to do for the kingdom? It's very common to hear, well, I got saved and now I'm going to you know, I want to be a businessman for the kingdom, or I want to be a missionary, or I want to be a 
rockstar-author-intellectual genius like Glenn Packiam, you know, like, I want to do something for the kingdom. But, you know, realistically, if we look at our real lives, I mean, just your life, my life, we look at what God's called us to do and called us to be, do you know, first and foremost, before what you do, before what you do for the kingdom, do you know what's in the scriptures and what's in the heart of God for us? It's to know him. You know why you were made? Do you know why you exist? It's to know him. Surely, I know that. I mean, we've talked about that for years, and I've known that since, you know, you got saved when you were 16 at a church camp, and you've always known that. But I'm not talking about, do you know it theoretically? I'm not talking about intellectual knowledge this morning. I'm talking about in your heart. I'm talking about tomorrow morning in the next 24 hours. I'm talking about the way we spend our days and our time. How does that affect our life? Look at Ephesians 1. Paul, again here to the church in Ephesus, Let's pick up in verse 16. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking. I love that phrase. I keep asking. It's this, I don't give up. It's not an exaggeration. It's the apostle here going, I keep asking. I'm diligent in my prayers. This is really true. And here's the thing that I keep asking. Here is the prayer that's on my heart. I keep asking what? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of Wisdom and revelation, why? So, so that you might know him better. I want you to know God. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to have a revelation of Jesus today. I keep asking, I haven't given up, I keep asking. I know the thing that will fuel your heart long term. Verse 18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And his incomparably great power is like the working of his mighty strength. Paul says three things. Here's here's my prayer for the church in Ephesus. He goes, I want you to have a revelation of Jesus that you might know him better. I want you to be connected to your calling. And then verse 19, and I want you to have the power to do it. We love all three of those here. We embrace all of those. We go yes and amen to all three. But I believe that in the clutter of the busyness of our days, we get up in the morning, we're committed to spending time with God, we know it, we know we ought to, our demon-possessed snooze button looks so tempting, <laughs> at our core, if we were to take this, I want you to have a revelation of Jesus, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you might know him better. You're the only one that can get to know God for you. It's you. And Paul says, hey, and I want you to connect with your external calling. I mean, some of you are supposed to be rock stars. Some of you are supposed to be businessmen. Some of you are supposed to be moms and dads. And I want you to do that. I want you to have the power to do it. But don't forget, it's not just about your external calling. Every individual is called to have an internal calling to know God. You have an internal calling. You have an internal calling that you, 75 years old, 50 years old, 20 years old, that you would know God. And you're the only one that can pursue that. 
It's your, it's your joy, it's your privilege, it's your opportunity. So Paul says, I consider everything else lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. This one thing I do, this is what I love. I love knowing Jesus. I mean, for whose sake I've lost all things. I mean, I've lost a lot of stuff. Why? Well, because I have an all-consuming passion. Let me tell you what it is. I want to know Christ. I, it's in me. It's this resolution, Paul says. I, I, John 17, Jesus prays it. Jesus on the earth, praying to the Father, God the Son, praying to God the Father, God's prayer, intriguing concept. I'll just bet you that God's prayers get answered. I'll just bet you the sovereign God answers his own prayers. And he says in John 17, 3, he says, that they might know you. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. I know the thing that will cause them to connect. I know the thing that will give them endurance. Another thing that will give them a vision for their life that will surpass every external circumstance that will help them in moments of greatness and moments of weakness. I know the thing that will give them life and joy that they would know you, Father. I pray for those that will say yes to me. He's already prayed that you would know him. There's a bigger question than what am I going to do for God? The question is, why do I exist? I exist to know him. I want to love him. To spend time. I don't know what that looks like. Some of you, it's different than others and some of it's time alone and some it's prayer and it's fasting and it's giving to the poor. It's taking Jesus really serious in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's really saying this is the Christian journey but I want to know Jesus. I think Paul here, he's going, I want to know him today in the present tense. Some of you hear this and you go, nice, dreamy, pretty, but you should see my life. You should hear about this, the difficulty that I'm going through. I don't know that I can press to know God in this hour because of all my difficult circumstance. Second thing I want to hit this morning is this. This lived in Paul in the good days and the bad days. I want to know Christ in the good moments, in the good days, and in the bad days. I mean, think about his journey. He starts off, all right, on my way to Damascus going to go persecute Christians. Boom, Jesus appears to me. I get rescued from hell. I get to know God. And oh, I'm going to be a conduit to declare to the Gentiles who you are. Good day. Real good day. Next day, uh, I'm blind. <laughs> Bad day. Ananias prays for me. Scales fall down. I'm healed. Good day. Right? Oh, I'm going to go uh, preach the good news of Jesus. I have, a, I have a, an external calling that he's called me to. That I'm going to go do it. Good day. Hey, lame man, jump up. Oh, works. Good day. Throw me in prison for my faith? Bad day. Ah, midnight, I'm singing songs to God. God lets me out. Jailer gets saved. Good day. When he's praying here, he's talking here, in prison, in the midst of the context of a difficult season, no doubt. I want to know Christ. That's our journey. That's my journey. 
Our journey isn't just like, hey, I'm a friend of God. You know, and we're singing Michael Gunger's song every morning. I am a friend of God. And everything's perfect and clean. No, man, we go through good days and bad days. We go through days where it seems like the scripture is alive and we have a spirit of revelation and it seems like the Lord is speaking to us in an individual way and there's other moments where it's barrenness and the heavens are brass and it's hard and it's difficult and we go to boring prayer meetings and we pray back to God what he told us to say over and over and over again. Sorry, I'm confession here. All right, and <laughs> there's good days and there's bad days, but what we want to live inside of us his confession. I want to know Christ. I want to know him in the present tense. I want to know him now. I want to know him in the good days when everything is good and everything seems wonderful and I want to know him in the most difficult struggle. I want to know him when my heart seems alive and when my heart isn't. I want to know him when external circumstance is good and when external circumstance seems to be crumbling all around me. But there's a, rev- a, a resolution that's growing in my heart. There's a resolution that's erupting. Come good times, hard times, good days, bad days. This is my calling that Christ has invited me into. I want to know Christ today. Look at Ephesians 3 and skip over one page. This is just so phenomenal. Listen to this invitation. Verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints to grasp, look at this, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. This is my favorite. And to know this love. To know it. This love that surpasses knowledge. Now it gets real scary. That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Ah! That's quite the prayer. Paul says, here's what I pray for you. I want you to know this I want you to know. That means I want you to experience. I want you to encounter. I want you to have a present tense reality with the knowledge of the love of God. More than just knowing head knowledge. I want it to be in here. I want you to know this love. Oh, how high, how wide, how deep, how awesome is this love of Christ. Listen, I can't even put words to it. It is awesome. That's what Paul's saying. He's going, I want you to know this prayer. I want this to be in you. And more real than that you're a pastor, more real that you're a businessman or a dad or a whatever is the thing you do. Nurse. Those things may change. You're going to go through good days and bad days. And man, if I've learned anything from watching young people and middle-aged people and older people that said, I'm going to follow the course that Jesus has for me. It's any, it feels anything but just like, oh yeah, the thing that I thought I would do my whole life, I did. Man, it's, it's all over the place. It's, and, and, and it's hard. And if we start to define our lives mostly about our external calling, oh, I want to fulfill my external calling. Oh, I want to do it. But more than that, maybe you're in a season where you're nowhere where you thought you'd be. Maybe you're not doing the thing that you thought you'd be doing. It's a level playing field when it comes to your internal calling. You may not be where you 
thought you might be by now. But you decide the level to which you will know him. No one can rob that from you. They can put you in a prison and say, stop, stop preaching. And you have pen and paper and you say, whatever was to my gain, I now consider loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. We can, anybody can do anything to me. You can, you can, I can be shipwrecked. I can be beaten with rods, but you can't take this thing inside my heart, this knowing God. I, I decide that you can't take it from me. And I have decided I want to know Christ. I want to know him in the present tense right now. I won't let earthly, earthly circumstance detour me. Well, we'll stand before God. You know, I wasn't able to do it because, you know, I didn't make the money I thought I was going to have and so this turned turn out right. And we may be able to talk a little bit of external calling that way, but when it comes to your heart, there's you, we have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit alive in us. We're going to stand before God and say, I, I know you. I've loved you. Last thing is this, verse 12. Let's keep going. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. I love that statement. Paul goes, I haven't arrived. He goes, I haven't obtained this. I have a spiritual hunger that exists inside of me and I, I haven't obtained. I mean, I'm desperate. There you go, just, there's a plug. All right, I'm desperate. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says, um, I strain, I press. It's kind of uncomfortable words for us, you know? I mean, we live a pretty comfortable season we got internet banking and can watch church online if we feel like it. Whoops. And we uh, got preaching vegetables to our children. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty, we got a lot of stuff. Got a lot of good stuff. And Paul here, he goes, you know, I press on to take hold of that which Christ has taken hold for me. I'm going to strain. I'm going to press. This Christian journey, this isn't, this isn't popcorn and peanuts. This isn't easy. I want to know him. I'm going to strain. I'm going to press. And the more I know him, the more I want him. And the more I experience him, the more I taste and see that he's good, Psalm 34, the more I want him. And it's a ferocious growing hunger. And I consider all else rubbish that I might gain Christ. This has become an all-consuming compassion in contemporary terms, we'd say, I've become a godaholic. This is what I'm about. This is why I live. This is who I am. This is what I do. I want to know Jesus. It's a resolution that's in my heart. I want to know him today. Good times and bad times. And sometimes when that lives in here, just by the nature of existing so strong, it starts to push out some other things. The easiest way to get holy is to just let that passion grow because this stuff starts to get easier to push out. When you grit your teeth and go, I will not do that. 
It's harder. It's just, I love him. I want to know him. I, I, all of a sudden, you have less dollars and less time for other things because an all-consuming passion. You go, man, the things of earth grow strangely dim because I'm in love with the God of the ages. It starts to affect our minutes. And you've been there before. You've been there. You said it. You made the statement years ago. Ah! But how often do the days turn to months and the months turn to years and the years turn to more years? And the resolution that once burned bright in my heart is a small flicker. I mean, there was a day where it was big. I'll tell you this, friends, in my own journey, one of my greatest temptations is to live on the encounter that I had with God in yesteryear. I had great days in high school. God did some phenomenal things. I had encounters with God when I was in college that were awesome. I mean, they were big in my own life, my own journey. And now, man, got three kids under three, which is nuts. I got all this stuff to do, busy, trying to do all these things. My temptation is to go, there was a day, God, where I had a fiery heart. There was a day where I lived, there was a day. So wink at me, we still cool G, you know. I'm still your boy, right? We're still down. Rather than saying, no, in the present tense, I want to know you today. I want to press. I'm gonna strain. It's uncomfortable. It means I gotta say no to that and that. It means I gotta give. It means I gotta do all these things that, but all those things I consider loss compared to the surpassing awesomeness factor. And I'm not limited by Webster there. I don't think that's a real word. The surpassing greatness, the excellency of knowing Jesus. That's what I live for. That's the resolution that we want to get in our heart. We want it to burn bright. One of the things I think we often do, we don't mean to, but we just say, okay, I prayed a prayer. Let's get tactical here. I prayed the prayer. My heart is saved in the vault of heaven. Now I marinate on the earth. Wait till either I die or Jesus comes back. I'll do a few good things. And God, if you want to invade my life, feel free. Kind of like God, if you just want to give me a sovereign surprise, I'm open, you know? Don't get me wrong, I love that. I mean, all of us know what it was to be lost and Jesus to break in and rescue us from our tragedy, rescue us from sin, rescue us from immorality. Oh, that was a good day. All of us know what it's like to just kind of feel barren and Russian roulette Bible style, open up your Bible and boom, there it is, you know. The Lord spoke to you. It's awesome. You're like, thank you. I haven't been reading my Bible in months, but that spoke to me. Good day, you know. And there's other days where you miss it, you know. Judas hung himself. Ooh, that doesn't work. Go and do likewise. Ah, nuts. All right, so. Uh, all of us know those moments of those sovereign surprises where God reaches in and does a miracle in our lives, and I love those. I want a hundred more. You know, you didn't deserve the, the wife he gave you, but, you know, you got this golly wife where you didn't deserve the job or you didn't, whatever it might be, you know, sovereign surprise, sovereign surprise. Some of you are thinking two of my children were sovereign surprises. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> 
But the way that we want to carry our heart before God is this. God, I want to know you. And I take Paul's prayer and I want it alive in my heart. I want it to be the confession of my life. I want to know Christ. I want to know how wide, how high, how deep, how awesome, how magnificent is the love of God. I want to meditate it on the morning, in the morning, Psalm 5. I want to meditate it on, at night on my bed, Psalm 4. I want it to be alive in here. I want to know Christ. And I'm not content with just sovereign surprise, with just doing my life, run of the mill, on autopilot, and if God wants to break in, fine. No, I want to know Christ in the next 24 hours. I want to have an encounter with you in yesteryear's experience, yesteryear's moment. It's not enough. I want it today in this in this Roman prison, as I'm waiting on you and as I'm trying to re- spread the gospel, I want you in this moment, I want to know Christ today. We say, that's our confession. I want to know Christ now. In the next 24 hours, 72 hours, I want to know Christ. Will you stand with me? Will you stretch out your hand like this? I just want to pray for you. Whether you said yes to Jesus last week at the rock, Whether you've been following Jesus for 60 years, I know this is where we want to live. This is who we are. This is our tribe. 10,000 people consumed with God. What a great way to live on planet Earth. Holy Spirit, God, we want to be yours, Jesus. And we just ask that this resolution that was in Paul's heart would be in our heart. God, even now, would you just give some of us just some, some sovereign surprises and just reach down and just start a new level, a new resolution, a new determination to know you even in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you come and as we draw near to you, would you draw near to us and would you help us, Lord God? We want to be your friends. We want to know you. We don't want it to be just songs that we sing or books that we read of someone else's encounter and we want it in our own life in our own family God we want it in our families we want it in our kids we want it in our marriages we want to shine bright salvation in the life of God as we know you while we work at banks and coffee shops and business firms and all around town We want, to know, we want to know you, God. We want it to be real. Do a miracle in us today. We want to know Christ. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.